Two Broke Watch Knobs podcast is an online discussion dedicated to urology and the in-depth coverage, review, and assessment of high-quality, affordable timepieces. There may be instances of strong language, and this podcast is intended for a mature audience. Sit back and enjoy. Hi, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs, and this is a very special episode. We are here with a very, very special guest, uh, Michael Happy from Gavox Watches. Michael, say hi to the nice people at home. <laughs> hello, hello, everyone. <laughs> so this is this is another one of those great Two Broke Watch Knobs episodes where we're recording in multiple time zones, so this is something pretty special. We're, we're, so right now where I'm at, I'm on the East Coast in the U.S., it is, I think, 11 a.m., uh, Mike, you're on the West Coast in the U.S., right? Yep, and it's about 8:30 a.m. here. And Michael, you're you're where where where? What time is it where you are right now? It is. I think it's. I'm, I'm at five o'clock, five twenty here uh, p.m. <laughs> so, thank you so much we, for joining we, us. We made it work. We, we made it work. Made this it is work. <laughs> um, so this is actually really really cool because we we've. We've had the uh, Avid Divers in for a while, and we've been putting pictures up, and we've been talking about it, and I think this will be a great opportunity to give the listeners um, at home just an idea of, get, really give the voice to the brand and to hear your perspective and just to just to talk watches. I don't think it's, it's uh, a lot of the times that people have the opportunity to actually hear from the brand designers and the brand owners, especially from microbrands. So this is... So, Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much to invite me. I'm so happy. Of course, of course, of course, of course. So there's a tradition here on Two Book Watch Knobs where we do the audio risk check, where we all go in a circle and we say what watch we're wearing. Um, so let's do this. I'll go first, Mike, you go second, and then Michael, you go third, or should we do a different order? Um, that sounds good. Okay, so I'm, I'm not wearing anything special. Well, it's special to me, but nothing anything new. I'm wearing my Raketa Big Zero. Uh, it's been a while, I feel like, since I wore the watch. It's just one of those watches I like wearing. It's my first vintage watch. I love it. Um, I don't want to talk about it too much because I don't want to take away too much time from uh, hearing about Michael and Gavox watches. So honoring tradition, I am wearing the Raketa Big Zero. Mike, what are you wearing over on the on the West Coast? Uh, I'm wearing a Gavox Avidiver. <laughs> I'm so I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought it would be appropriate for the episode. Which uh, one do you I, have? I, I have the black dial mm-hmm. on right now. <laughs> it's um so yeah the black dial with the black silicon strap it's kind of you know it's the one that's um i feel like it's the one that i wore most i enjoy the blue the blue dial as well i I think i told you in a previous discussion um michael my wife really likes the orange with the uh the white strap (laughs) so a lot of times she steals she steals that one and she would wear (laughs) wear it to work and she she works in a in a hospital so um, you know, she had no problem wearing it in, in a more professional setting. So, but yeah, it's the, it's the black dial Avidiver with the, uh, sandwich dial and the internal, uh, rotating triangle that can be used to track elapsed time and a variety of, of other functions that I'm sure Michael will tell us about today. Um, also it's a good time to announce that the review of the Avidiver is, is now live on twobrokewatchsnobs.com. Yep. Uh, so if you haven't checked that out, uh, definitely, definitely do. There's also a video where where Michael explains some of the uh, some of the functions of the timepiece. But yeah, that's that's what I'm I'm wearing. What are you wearing, Michael? I'm wearing the Gavox Aurora Rose Gold. It's oh, that's a very that's a cool one. Very special watch. I made it in fifty pieces maximum, wow. and uh, I always have fun with this one. And as I travel through so many countries lately, I had to have something with a uh, good UTC uh, reference. Very nice. And, and is it is it limited just in rose gold or just a, a limited watch overall? The, uh, the, the whole collection of Hoha is limited. And uh, what is uh, more limited with the rose gold is no more than 50 will be done. But the two others, the steel and the black PVD, they will go to 250 but that's all and okay. it's really unique and no one can make it no well wow. yeah i'm i'm actually very fast fascinated by the aurora as well um because it's a it's a quartz watch that just has 
um, so many different functions. W- was that was that kind of difficult to to develop or um, you know plan out? Uh, well, this is the very exciting thing when I started deciding to make watches. So I had the idea by seeing a movement capable of having uh, hands going both direction in Switzerland through the company called Soprod. I was really open to my imagination to create something new, unseen, with so many functions. I love Casio. Okay, mm-hmm. I will tell you straight. I love Casio. I love how they are made and all the functions they have. But I wanted something only analog, and I could do it with this watch. Interesting. So, so it's a sense. it's a love of complications. It's a love of functions. But you love the kind of um, aesthetic presence that an analog piece has. I, I, that that's actually pretty cool. That makes a lot of sense. Because w- w- when you said you liked Casio and you like all the functions, my, that was my first thought. Well, oh yeah, Casio. It's all digital. It's all display. But these, it's sort of very similar idea. I like that. <laughs> this is exactly it. And with the Aurora, I tried to have the ergonomic as precise yes. as possible. So when you see such a watch. And you start understanding it because you need learning this one. You need at least 20 minutes to learn how to operate this watch. But after you understand that every different things I made in this watch has a purpose and it is, it is positioned perfectly. Like I have seven opening for dates. I have seven date, uh, day in a week. So mm. everything fits like I wanted. So uh, that was a good one. So with with the Aurora, so I mean, this is obviously indicative of all the pieces in your catalog, but specifically with this piece, what was the design process like? Was there a lot of back and forth or was it like from the very get go? This is what I want. This is what it's going to be like. How much redesigning happened? Because when you do something unique, as you're doing here with Gavox watches and specifically with this Aurora piece, there's a lot of uncharted territory. So there's a lot of trial and error and back and forth. What was that process like with doing something so unique? Uh, well, indeed, I, ha- I was open to many different uh, s- design or location of hands mm. because that's how I start to watch. I look at the movement first and the movement could give me much more functions, but I had to make something simple, but with everything I wanted for pilots. And I, see. Uh, I think I did six, six different designs for this one. And then the movement maker came back to me saying, well, uh, exactly, I can't do this and that because the hands only move by two degree step or three degree step. Mm. And this is an option you can take or not. So there were a lot of back and forth. So it took six months to design exactly what I wanted. Wow. And uh, that was a great creative process. <laughs> and... Uh, after negotiating with a factory that makes this movement uh, because they had to to do things for me they had to follow my instructions of course and i had them change the the way of making the movement to satisfy my needs so this so is a movement that was just personalized for your watch definitely but the, the thing wow. is all indication i managed to give them were so useful that they used it for edocs, they used <laughs> it for uh, Tagurair. So the information, wow. the feedback I gave, I should have been paid for that. <laughs> I, I was going to say, where are your royalty checks? <laughs> no, but they did something to me. They ordered uh, some uh, JavaScript design of the watch to explain to their client how the movement can work and operate. Wow. So I was delivering them uh, some some work and they paid me for so that that was good it's definitely uh, that's one of the more unique kind of collaborative experiences i've ever heard because usually usually with micro brands someone will have a design they might know someone who who has a manufacturer somewhere or they might go to the hong kong watch show and they might find someone and they say i want a watch with a blue dial on these hands and then you can mail it to me and that's it. But this process with Gavox, and I think that's what really sets these pieces apart, is there is a lot of methodology and back and forth and collaboration that has gone into it. So that's that's something I think people generally tend to appreciate. Thanks. <laughs> very, Thanks. very cool. I, I'm sorry? No, that, that's nice of you saying it. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
I'm from an engineering background, so I like the engineering part in the watch, of course. Of course, and you said that you you you'd mentioned before off uh, offline that you you are a pilot. So, and a lot of these, obviously, a lot of these designs are um, pilot inspired. So, is that was that always the idea to have a brand just focused on um, you know analog complications for uh, maybe you know people who are who are jetting around a lot or specifically people who are pilots? Yes, yes, definitely. I, when I say I had my drive, my flying license, mm -hmm. I lost it. It needs a, a every two year medical check and every few month uh, a, a flight. Right. So once I started working full time, it didn't give me good opportunity to do that. And with all the things I had, but I flew Cessna, I flew gliders, I flew Plypacup. Wow. I. So it was it was great, and I have a lot of friends in aviation and civil aviation as well. So, of course, I know what they need. I know that a plane always land on the GMT time. So I had to have the GMT in this aura. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I I did ask a few feedback to some of my friend, but basically everything was constricted by me. Yeah, wow, I I've always I've always been curious about the Aurora, you know, because I'm I'm always on the hunt for a good watch that can, you know, either show GMT or show a, a you know a second time zone, and it's it's I will say it's very tempting, but I, I also I also do like <laughs> I it's hard because I also really like the Gavox uh, Squadron. It just has a very very kind of straightforward pilot chronograph look to it, um, but. A little bit more on your background, I guess. I guess a good question to ask is, you know, why why watches, and and um, you know, when did you kind of get into watches mm. overall? That's a good question indeed. I started only six years ago to make watches, but um, I'm an agriculture engineer uh, um, student. I finished engineering, and I started immediately working mm. in IT and. So I came to work with Cisco Systems, I came to work for many banks, uh, and at the age of 40, I said to myself, I really want to do something that passionate me. And uh, I had my cousin who made his way through watch business, and he's the founder of Techni Watches. Oh, of course, I yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, this cousin of mine, uh, he worked quite high in uh, Longines. And he introduced me to Longines before I started my watch. And with information he gave me and the knowledge I, caught, I got from him, I said, well, it's possible to make watches. So he started his little uh, business and same oh. did I. And we worked side by side being stronger with all the negotiation with different manufacturers of cases, hands, and, and at two, we were stronger and we both went our ways. That's how it started. That's interesting. And both of these and, and uh, both of these brands, yeah. um, <clears throat> I, I, I found the site, uh, time to give dot, dot be. And, mm -hmm. uh, I, that's kind of one place where you can see everything right from both Gavox and Techne. Yes. Yes, okay. indeed. That's my web shop. Very, very cool. So, so if, if the people... person behind that is Michael, it's me. So <laughs> okay. uh, there's only one person behind that web shop and my Gavox, <clears throat> it's me and my children. <laughs> <laughs> so if someone, if so uh, I was going to ask this later, but I guess it's a good time to ask now. If someone wanted to purchase a Gavox piece, would that be the best place to do it from online? Yes, definitely. Online is my main goal. Of course. Online. United States have a great advantages upon all us European. In Europe, we have 21% uh, um, uh, duty tax, okay? Oh. And in the United States, whenever I ship abroad out of Europe, I can ship 21% less expensive. Oh, wow. And when you get the watch, and it is under $800, I think, duty is not to be paid hmm. in United States. I've met so many people never paying duty. <laughs> <Nice>. So, 
this is incredibly nice. Uh, yes, I know other watchmakers that also have the same thing, but it's a bit tricky because people don't understand the pricing. They say, well, I got it for so much and I'm in Europe, I want the same price. No, it's not possible. Tax and duty is due. Wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so that's, that's the VAT tax, right? Or that's yeah, what it is. Yes. yes. Okay, so you heard it here, folks. If you live in the United States, you have to buy a Gavox watch. That's basically how it works. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> at least, at least you pay twenty one percent less than all. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say to my to my friends there. But that's how it uh, that, that's how it is for taxes. Yeah, and uh, also. Um, you know, we, we talked about pilot watches and, um, yeah. you know, kind of watching that sort of uh, design focus go through a lot of the timepieces. But you also you also make some uh, some dressier pieces, um, right? Yes, definitely. I have developed quite soon in the process. I think it's my <clears throat> second watch I created after <clears throat> first creating an, uh, the, the, the Curtis P40 which was my first watch I produced and I, I sold, I designed the Legacy, which is more a dress watch based of, also on the military idea of marine watches of the early 19th hmm. century. Yeah. And uh, this one, well, I will say to you honestly, uh, for the, the appeal and the beauty is still the one I... I find the most attractive of all, and uh, <laughs> because uh, it is very elegant, very sleek, and and lots of detail you can dive into whenever you look at this watch. Um, this is one I'm so pleased about of the result I've done with this collection legacy. Yeah. So yes, I, I really different. enjoy the the uh, the golden stars. Uh, version the legacy navy golden stars with the uh you know the stars and the night sky and the sun on the on the sub dial there with the blue hands it, it just looks it looks really nice <laughs> that that there's a small story if you allow me to tell of course uh, yeah i created the legacy collection and i created first the one with the golden stars so you have this little glimmer, you have your hands a bit blue, more bluish and light blue and uh, the dial in the case is all shiny. And I showed that to my wife and she was so enthusiastic. Wow, beautiful watch, great, great. And I came back on my drawing board and I said, well, this is a bit too appealing to women, less to men maybe. Hmm. So I'll go back to the board and I designed the logical star. And uh, I said to my wife, okay, finish the golden star. The one that I will produce is the logical one. And she said, no way. <laughs> she said, no, 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 you're going to keep it. So I produced uh, the two collection at once. Yeah, they, so they, both, the they golden... both look good, but I, I, I do like that golden star one. And it's funny that you say that. I mean, we all have very special women in our in our lives mm -hmm. and i've noticed i've noticed that when i'm when i'm doing work or, or you know if i have a you know a watch open on the computer and my wife walks by and if it if it has some kind of moon phase on it or you know the sun or stars and stuff like that she's like oh i, I love that one that one's really cool you should get that one <laughs> and then i'll say well that that's a that's a patek philippe uh, 5970 <laughs> and you're you're not going to see that in this house so sorry you are very generous if you offer that <laughs> <laughs> exactly oh boy that that's a that's a nice watch and it really really shows the the variety that um that you get in the Gavox uh, collection, um, so that that one's very That's cool, and it's it's a it's a it's a Japanese movement in in, in those, correct? Yes, the Japanese Miyota. It's the eight thousand series hmm. that allow me a lot of visual aspect with it. So it's a twenty one six hundred bit per hour, but mm -hmm. uh, the fact of being able to position the hands <clears throat> exactly as I want it on this legacy. You see, the crown is at two o'clock. There yes. was very little two o'clock crown, but this allowed me to have this little opening at six o'clock for the date, which looks oh, exactly yeah. the old style, old clocks, mm. old 
marine style. So I almost missed I almost missed the date there. <laughs> I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen it before. So very well integrated, I'd say. <laughs> good, good. So with the with the piece like this and with all the other pieces, um, I always find this interesting. Do you draw more inspiration just from maybe your personal life or maybe uh, uh, practical functions or from other pieces? Because especially within the micro brand world, um, I am always interested to see if I can identify where a watch maybe drew inspiration from. So so how would you kind of gauge that? Do you, do you see lots of other watches and say, oh, I like that, I can do that better? Or is it more of uh, something more personal to you? Very much personal. Uh, I have mm. one watch which looks like a lot. But it's on the open domain, it's the squadron. So hmm. wanting this watch to surf the first Belgian squadron that ordered it, I wanted something very military and they looked at my design, looked at the movement I use, which is quartz and not automatic for a reasonable right. price with functions like alarm. And this one really takes inspiration of the Breguet. So the t type uh, 20 style of, uh, of chronograph. So right. this is an inspiration, correct. But all the other mm. have nothing as inspiration. <laughs> I really like to please myself with things unseen. Right. And uh, I, I have a saying, I better be copied than copy others. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that makes sense. I remember the first time I'd seen, first time I'd seen your brand was at Windup in 2016, and I saw the Avid Diver for the first time, and it was the blue one. I remember you were, you were showing it to me, and you were talking to me about it, and I was staring at it. And at a certain point, I just stopped hearing your voice, and I was just staring at the watch. Ever since then, I've always had the watch in my mind's eye. I've always seen the watch, and I feel like that's different because I might see, Michael and I were talking about this yesterday, I might see a watch that's new, look away from it, and completely forget it. But when I looked away from the Avid Diver, I never forgot it. I'll be able to recognize that watch from across the room. And so I think that that kind of, um, that lunging, that striving to have something personal, to have something that visually pleases you, really does translate very well across the watches. So that's, that's, that's I think people who've seen Gavox pieces We'll definitely recognize that across the whole line. That's great to say. Though, mm -hmm. though, I like to please myself a lot, so I'm quite selfish right. there. And, <laughs> and uh, the 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 thing that will be recognized in my brand is more the research of innovation or research mm. of technology of things unseen, more than the line mm -hmm. will always be the same. I uh, I introduced. Nowadays, the V-shape at 12 o'clock, which could be a little branded thing for me, mm. uh, but mm -hmm. uh, it is not present on all the others. So um, I am really playing with movements, playing with ideas, playing with maybe a solar movement soon. I uh, wanted a, cool. a power reserve, a regulator. I, I want to have fun. So I could be compared with other brands that tested everything that goes on every market or every ideas. Uh, I would say like Oris maybe, but uh, Oris. Okay. Oris, when you see an Oris, you can have so many different in their own collection and with their own names. I'm not tagged by, by a model and a, a visual design. I'm tagged more with innovation I create or the ideas I want to place. Oris, uh, Oris does make a lot of watches. I noticed <laughs> <laughs> they have a huge, they have a huge catalog of watches. And I've completely, I've lost track of, of what they're, what they're making these days. <laughs> it's almost, it's almost like the amount of Tudor black bays that are, that are oh, out man. there. Yeah. Today. There's a lot, there's a lot of black bays now these days. I think how many, how many models are there? There's, there's more than, there's more than 10. There's gotta be more than 10. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm, I'm not really sure. When you say Black Bay, it's beautiful watch. But of course, um, I'm, I'm always looking at what innovation is there? Colors? Or, <laughs> I, 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 okay. I love, I, I love to do, I love Black Bay, so. Right. You're right. All the variations across the different Black Bay product uh, catalog, they're visual variations and size variations except for the chronograph that they had developed that that um 
that Black Bay Chronograph. I forgot what it was called, but um, but no, I mean that, that that that's a good point that would separate it. So it's one of those things where if you're someone who's looking for something a bit more intrinsic, a bit more personal, a bit more special about a watch, you will look past those kind of visual cues and look for something more in like the innovation that you're talking about. So the innovations you made with uh, those movements to kind of have them move the way that you wanted to move. That, that, that that's that's really what kind of separates you know pieces like all the Black Bay offerings to pieces like. The, the Gavox offerings. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's always fun to talk to people who have their own brands. So since we're sort of on the topic, um, before, I guess before Gavox really started taking off and before uh, it started becoming the main, main focus, what 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 watches did you have in your collection? So I, I'm curious because you you comment and you like every single Seiko Catterday picture I put up. So do you like Seiko? <laughs> I love Seiko. <laughs> I, I love Seiko. Uh, I I started with a Kelton. Does it ring a bell for you? Uh, not me. No. It it was an affordable automatic watch for young mm-hmm. at uh, in the seventies, okay. and I was always diving with these watch because it was mentioning twenty five meters. <laughs> Twenty-five meters was not satisfying, so every time I had to open it and clean it and and take the the humidity oh, wow. out and then close it and dive again and it was it was fun, but then came the the era of uh, quartz movement, <laughs> and I was completely hooked by mm. Casio. Uh, so the high technology, the the watch you can do anything, you can ride on it, you fall, no worries, uh, and and. I love that. And then the first one that reopened my mind to automatic watch was uh, Tissot. I had the Tissot Ballade. It was having everything I I really liked and it was an eye opener. It had uh, uh, a see-through window at the back. It had an automatic movement from Eta. It had uh, some luminescent position on hands and dial. It was very classic. This one was really an eye-opener for all the, the the possibilities that was there. Then I got some Longines, I got some Seiko, I got some Citizen, uh, and uh, some on the tool mm. or diver side, and some more on the classic with Longines, uh, the... the uh, master collection. You know what's fascinating like about all those watches you mentioned, um, with a lot of watch collectors, you'll find that they'll be region specific, especially as they kind of, you know, evolve in their collecting. So they'll be like, oh, I only collect Swiss or, oh, I'm only going to focus on German pieces or oh, I'm going to focus on Japanese pieces. All those watches you mentioned span the entire globe. And the only thing I was able to really recognize as a similarity is that they were all different innovations or different technological advances that really drew you to them which is which is what you were talking about before what yes. inspires the brand itself so that's i think that's really interesting <laughs> yes, that's just that's just so cool so it's it's um uh so speaking of just kind of other watches right now, are there any other micro brands out there that you specifically micro brands um that you uh are kind of are kind of uh, fascinated by who you like or do you kind of exist in a in a bubble in a bubble of just Gavox watches which is also which is totally fine I'm, I'm just curious no no I mm. basically I'm a watchmaker so I connect not only on design of others micro brand mm. but also on the people and uh, I I do like a lot uh, oh yeah several uh, oh yeah Avic from Chip uh, or Halios uh, from uh, from Jason. Uh, so I, I get inspired by these. Guys. Not inspired, but I get. You can appreciate what they're doing. I, I, yeah, I I appreciate a lot what they do. I see the quality. I see the work, and really, it's great to meet all these guys. By being a maker, we get along together. When we go to fair in mm. New York, like the wind up for one and one, we meet after we discuss, we talk, and we look at everyone's watch on their wrist. And uh, I, I love this community of people always trying to do something different and that yeah. count on themselves a lot. Uh, so 
I do admire the 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 work they've done hmm. with all their watch collection. Yeah, there's you know. the the those brands definitely make some nice watches. I I I could say a lot. <laughs> But I could say more of other watches, but I connect a lot with these guys. So, hmm. uh, so you you also like uh, you also recently wrapped up uh, a lot of a lot of traveling actually this this past month, um, and that was and if you if you can't talk about all of it, that's totally understandable. But that that was also that was also a lot of traveling for Gavox, correct? Yes, yes. So I, I did travel to Japan for family. So leaving my son there studying Japanese, this oh, wow. is oh, kind cool. of the part. So he's there now. I dropped my daughter in Australia. That's fine. So now we only me and my wife at home. Wow. But I did wanted to see things in Japan. So I tried to open the market for my watch in Japan. That's one of the thing. So Very I cool. have discussion with some people over there. Interesting. But another thing I really wanted is to see some people working with Grand Seiko. Oh, wow. So <laughs> I, I managed to get to see the factory making all the cases for the Grand Seiko automatic movement. Wow. So mm. I went to visit this factory, which is located in Fukushima. He severely was damaged by the earthquake. Right. They built the factory four years ago again from from farms from repairers and things like that and they invested because it was possible in renewal of a process so they were the case maker so i'm not speaking about the movement here from grand seiko mm -hmm. i'm speaking about the case making and usually a process of stamping cases is a 16 step Work. Okay. So you create a mold, you stamp your watch in the mold, you take another mold, you stamp inside, and then it starts to take shape. And they manage with this renovation to do a 12 step, which is huge impact on their cost. And they use some 5D CNC machines, 3D CNC uh, uh, lathe, uh, another 5D to do the finishing. And I was quite amazed there already when he showed me that. I went with a CEO of the company. Wow. He's a great guy, speaking French, studied in Switzerland, and uh, he, he is fantastic. <laughs> and uh, then I came in another area where no photo were allowed. And that was the polishing. Oh, one. wow. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> <laughs> and this was really amazing because I, I learned from there that the work or the, the talent a polisher need, because every watch is polished by hand. Yes. Uh, the talent they need is at minimum two years of full study and full training Man. and up to five years to be able to produce a polishing of maybe 300 pieces a day. Okay. But it takes time for watch to come from first to last. And from Seiko point of view, a Grand Seiko case for the uh, high bit, for instance, uh, is uh, for 60 hours to make just a case of man work. Wow. So that is huge. And when I saw the people working on the polishing, he presented me to a bench and said, OK, Mike, <laughs> you have two watches there. You have one polished and the other one polished. Which one is the best? That was tricky. I had to take the binoculars. <laughs> right. I had to look straight on. And I looked at it and wow, they both look so nice. But one had just a little glimmer that you couldn't see on the other one. And really, and he said, well, well spotted. <laughs> That's the one where we put a technique used more than 60 years ago with a special private thing I won't tell about. Right. And that's what we do for Seiko. And he says, even the, the one on the right, the, the less polished one, uh, Seiko would accept it. But we want the best. <laughs> so we want the other one that need more time, more work, and more powder. It's just so interesting because it, it with watches, specifically also in watches in certain price points, there might be a specific craftsman or a person, so someone who would spend 
or who perfect the craft of polishing for two years, you know, they, they put their heart and their soul into it and they work on just perfecting this one thing. And then the watch gets finished and gets shipped out and it gets sold and someone just puts it on their wrist and just thinks of it as a watch. But the person that made that watch, I mean, you'd have to imagine they must have left a piece of themselves, of their soul in designing that watch. But then someone just puts it on and says, oh, it's just a watch now. So it just gets to the point where there's almost, you have to imagine the people that are making watches like that, who are putting that much attention to detail, like like you are with, with Gavos and like Seiko does with some of those Seiko pieces, there has to be an element of just... Mm -hmm. They just love what they what they do like what they get back from their work is just doing their work that's just that's just so incredible mm -hmm. to me, you know wow yes indeed and for sure all the workers there had this <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure i'm that's sure the person that showed up to the first day of work with a citizen was promptly fired oh that <laughs> you're you're out of here i know i know I know companies where they force people to have a watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, speaking about the big group. So if they don't have a watch from the group on their wrist, that's not fair. <laughs> they can't be. So they they are well uh, grounded for the first day. No, no, no more. That's no funny. more. <laughs> wow. Nice. So well, the experience I, I caught from, from Fukushima factory, uh, it was uh, really amazing. Uh, I went to see them maybe to, to see if we can work on the uh, case making for me, but oh. I think <laughs> I need to increase the price very drastically. Oh, of course. So, so the quality is there. Uh, probably it's going to be with a with a high end movement from the Japanese factory because if I use a Japanese movement, I better use a. a no, if I use a Jap a Swiss movement, sorry, mm -hmm. I would to maybe Swiss made. But here, hmm. if I use a case like that, I wouldn't be able to call anything Swiss made because it's not a Swiss case. Right. Isn't uh, there isn't there a percentage breakdown of like if I think it's fifty one percent of the watch needs to be Swiss made in order for you to have the Swiss made mark or am I am I am I incorrect? No, you are right. Okay. From last year. This year it's 61%. Oh, wow. <laughs> and before last year, 51% means to have at least a movement and at least the, the, the assembly line in Switzerland and that the total overcost of Swiss work, laborship, should be 51%. Wow. Now it is 61% and they added something on top of that, which means the engineering of the case. They are they are closing the market mm. really i don't want to have the engineering of the case done by someone else yeah. or done done by a swiss factory and they take uh, the the drawing and design with them if i don't pay them no uh i want to be free so it, that's something people need to consider when they're buying a swiss made that uh, it start to be a bit tricky I would go driven Belgium made maybe one. That would be incredible. I don't have that rigor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, where where in Belgium are you, by the way? So I'm just a bit south of Brussels, and mm, I'm okay. in the French speaking. So as you may have heard, we have three national languages: German, Dutch, and French. And I am speaking French mainly, and English uh -huh. from my uh, in American mother. Oh wow! Oh, cool. Okay. So I'm half. I'm half. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. I um, so I still have a photo of the Gavox Squadron open. Um, I think I see one in my future. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so I I think I think this may be one that has seen the most kind of professional application. I, I see um. I see a shot here uh, with a couple F-16 pilots. Yeah. Um, so, so can you tell me? Can you tell me about um, the uh, journey the of Gavox? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know how you know how did it how did it come into into service and you know how, what's it like to have these watches used in in such a specialized and you know professional setting? Well, uh, in fact. Doing, I started because I have friends who are pilots, and they introduced me to the Belgium squadron of F-16, which at the time was also part of the demo team. You know, the demo team is the 
the team that gets to fly at air shows showing the power and capability mm. of Belgium Air Force. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went there to propose the idea of a watch and it was really well accepted. And coming with uh, an idea or design, they approved it, we changed a little things and we use this movement from uh, Honda, which is the uh, 513D0D, which is an alarm chronograph 12 hour uh, movement inside that watch. And they gave me some designs. I started playing with that and I started showing some prototypes. And when I was going to deliver the last, uh, the, 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 the production pieces at the end, they invited me to the base and said, Michael, you're welcome to stay afternoon. We have a f demo for the such army who wants to buy our planes in five years. So we'll put you at the end of the runway and you'll see the show. Wow. And I, I was smelling gasoline. <laughs> I, was, I, was dipped, I was dipped in gas, gasoline whenever they put the afterburner <laughs> just above me. It was an experience amazing. But in all recognition, these pilots are flying these watches, are flying with these watches. And I'm so grateful. And they are so happy, really. Uh, I couldn't be prouder of doing these kind of things for these guys. Yeah. And with talk of mouth, uh, I, uh, word of mouth? Word of mouth. Yeah. They started speaking for, to other squadrons. And now I have more than 10 squadrons having their own personalized watch made for them. <laughs> and I that's think really that's cool. so cool. This is very nice. And I just come <laughs> back. Uh, that, that was again amazing. I just, uh, I don't know if you looked at uh, my Instagram page uh, where I have put uh, a present given to me by the Romanian MiG-21 squadrons. Uh, I was invited to to present and to 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 give all the watch they ordered uh, last week. So uh, yesterday I was still there. Oh wow! And and these guys took me like wow a president. <laughs> I was it, 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 it felt so nice. They were so <laughs> nice, and they said, Michael, we did put up the planes in the hangar just so we can take a picture with you i see that wow that's insane <laughs> look at that that's so cool <laughs> and you're, and, you're and, right there in the middle <laughs> uh, you see the white guy there who's not in the suit <laughs> very and, cool and it really it was amazing i and they told me you know not only our pilots from this squadron have the the the, the watches they have a squadron of 40 person and 35 ordered watch. Okay? Wow. So they ordered their own watch based on their name. At the back of each case, they have their, their names. And they told me, Michael, you know, also the grand commander of all the Romanian Air Force just ordered his. How oh, cool. Wow. And the base commander. Oh, cool. <laughs> and the demo pilot. Oh, great. <laughs> so... So it's fantastic. Yeah, that's incredible. Really fantastic. I mean, and I'm so grateful. With an experience like that, I'm always interested when I talk to micro brand owners. Is the goal with their micro brand because you're experiencing a lot of success with the types of people who are not only recognizing your your name and your brand name, but who are actually wearing your watches? Is the goal with Gavox to kind of ascend beyond the micro brand status because right now the idea of a micro brand is still very very new and i've talked to some owners who want to keep it small who want to keep the global presence small who want to keep the market they attract the niche they attract very small um but i've talked to other ones who are who are like we want to be on the same level as oris we want to be as big and as big of a household name as omega we're striving to do do do, do that what's the the future intent? Do you kind of envision it staying a micro brand forever, or do you want people to start seeing Gavox billboards when they drive in their car on the side of the road, like that, like that big? Like that's that's that's. I think that's an interesting thing to kind of get an impression of from from you about your brand. This is a very good question, and I had to take the decision almost a year and a half ago, saying mm -hmm. that Gavox will always remain a micro brand, meaning right. meaning 
I will have the client straight in contact with me. I, I understand the needs of everyone. Uh, by having the web shop, everybody's asking me questions. Oh, is that possible? Is this function, how does it work? And I like that. I like the human connection I have between my watches and the people that is wearing it. And this is so, so good for me. I, I, I love it. If, right. If on the other side, I decided to do something more commercial, which could be happening, I would partnership with Technic. Okay. Uh, okay, okay, that makes sense. So for the moment, I am partnering with them. So I own a few shares of the company and mm -hmm. it's my cousin. So it's very familiar. However, I would create another brand if it's for special niche stuff or uh, maybe uh, uh, fashion or or innovation and mm. require a lot of money and require investment, which I don't want for my little Gavox watch. Right. I want my Gavox watch to be the playground I have for experimenting so many different variety of movement, of technology, of solutions. And uh, no, I, I, I like that. And it, that drives me really, the, the contact I have with all my customers. Yeah, that's, that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah, the thing is that makes sense because it, uh, the thing is also it's when something grows to a certain extent, you kind of have these different barriers you have to work through. So keeping it small allows you to be flexible so you can actually listen to people. You can actually be nimble. What you did yesterday it doesn't necessarily have to do the next day, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So that, that makes a lot of sense and it speaks to the reason you started the brand because some people will start a brand specifically for growth and to watch a number get bigger. And then some people start it because they recognize that there was maybe something missing from their life and starting this brand will maybe uh, help kind of uh, feed their fascination, feed their passion. Mm -hmm. So that what you said makes a lot of sense. And like I said before, throughout the show, it, it, it translates to the watches. So it's good to hear that. Yeah. But uh, one thing I would like to add about passing from micro brand to a big mm -hmm. brand, marketing need to be there for the big brand. Yeah. And the cost of a product will always increase by at least two or three, uh, two. Uh, it depends for one brand micro to be able to sell in all stores with distribution, right. with sellers, with stores. And they all take a share of the market. It's, it's, it's not science. It's really uh, uh, important to know that if I want to sell my watch through distribution, like a, like a big market stuff, I would need to increase the price by yeah. two or three. It's, it's something we talk about in the show a lot. It's basic, it's, it's, like we say, it's basic, uh, basic uh, product economics. The more people that have to handle your watch before the consumer gets it, the more it costs. Because every person that handles it has to, as you said, get paid essentially so whether it's a retailer and shipping to the retailer or whether it's a broker and shipping to another retailer so on and so forth that that's a good point like sometimes i'll be thinking about it okay this watch costs five thousand dollars i'm buying it in a boutique how much would it <laughs> how much would it cost if i were to just directly connect with the manufacturer if i would just directly connect with the designer mm -hmm. with the owner and cut out the five six or seven people that had to have a hand in it before so i, I think that's definitely an interesting aspect most people have to account for it's something we say on the show a lot. You need to be an educated consumer, especially these days with watches, because it's very it's very easy mm -hmm, to overpay, mm -hmm. really technically overpay for something simply because they spent a lot of money trying to make it a commercially available item. Yeah, yeah, and uh, also a lot of micro brands are alone like me, and we don't want to account for others. <laughs> we want to be free. Exactly. Uh, that's so that's yeah. so cool. Um, uh, so I have a couple. So we're I think we're getting towards uh, Mike. Probably we're probably getting towards the end here. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just had a couple small small questions. Just fun questions. Uh, speaking of Seiko Catterday, do you have any pets? <laughs> uh, I do have a, a death cat. Oh, kitty. <laughs> yes, he's deaf and he survived <laughs> already three times. So he's a survivor. Does your, does your... Does your cat like watches? Uh, not really. I tried. <laughs> I tried. Video, I tried one little video I uploaded on Instagram, based on you, you, all your things with your cats, and 
I had a time lapse with my cat not moving for six minutes <laughs> and, and, and looking, looking at me and not knowing what I was doing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm figuring out that my cats just aren't normal because people are like, oh, I love Seiko Catterday, but my cat will not sit still or my dog just does not like watches. So the best thing I could suggest is if you have like a lizard or a dormant turtle, that will probably be a good idea to take a watch picture with because they'll be pretty patient. Um, my, uh, so, so next question, this is just a, another fun one. What was the last watch you actually like purchased? You may have gotten online or... You went to a store and and bought, or or has it been a I long time? I bought one watch from another micro brand, um, Offian. I got an oh, Offian okay. watch from oh, cool. uh, from Miguel. He's mm -hmm. Spanish, great guy, and uh, yeah, I wanted uh, I wanted one to to take a look. It was really nice. The movement is amazing, mm. and basically, I couldn't have afford. To make any watch that price with that movement so <laughs> wow. so so i took that for for it and really he does a nice job and he works with great factories is it the new one with the uh like the roman numerals around no the, i took uh... the first one i didn't take that one but uh, oh, he, the he's doing I forgot he's doing watch. great work there yeah yeah great great watches mm-hmm Are you still there, Kaz? I am here. I was just, I was just writing that down just so I remember for a little later because I can't when I when I record I can't use my computer, <laughs> so I can't like I can't. So when when someone says, "Oh yeah, I looked at this watch," I just have to hopefully know hopefully know hopefully like I know it in my head. So I'm just writing it down to go and look at it. Yeah, it's later. the I think it's the OPH nine sixty is the one. And that's the one, right? Right, Michael? Yes, that's it. That's oh, it. Very, very cool watch. Yeah, I think that's the first one they came out with. Exactly. That's so yeah. cool. Exactly. Wow, wow, wow. So in terms of um are there any other big trips you're gonna be taking for the brand or is that kind of a uh, 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 a secret or do you know um No No Snoop? I can say it. Okay. So oh. I, I'm gonna go to the Hong Kong fair. Oh fun. Oh cool. Uh, not only you will be there. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I wish. wish. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> so I will. I will go there, but mainly a few days before, I'll go in China, in Hong Kong, see the factories I work mm -hmm. with, and decide on on production of uh, a new collection there. So just want to check with them the work they've done for me on the prototyping. I'm putting in competition a few uh, for for my new legacy power wow. reserve. So it, this just this just popped into my head. The Hong, speaking of the Hong Kong watch show, speaking of watch shows in general, we spoke a little bit on Instagram. We Michael and I weren't able to go, but you were at Basel this past yes, year. Yes, I was. And what was what was what was the experience like there this year? Uh, because I come here since five years, six years, mm -hmm. I see a full change of of the the, of the, the yes, um, right. of course. There were great things over there, but. The Basel Fair organization is blocking so many others. It's so expensive to be there. They are cutting a lot of spaces, or the market is mm -hmm. doing really bad, or really they are making everybody suffer, and a lot of uh, smaller companies cannot afford to be there. Mm. So, which I don't think it's fair. They already have the SEHH who does that kind of uh, very secluded thing, which yes. is. But I, I didn't expect that to happen in Basel, so I was a bit uh, saddened. A friend of mine, though, managed to have a space there. I hope he did well. Uh, well, I, I think, um, Mike, we were talking about, I think the numbers came back. I think this past Basel, even though obviously sales isn't the main point of Basel, I think like the sales compared to last year were down, what, 20 or 30%? It was, it was attendance, and I think- Attendance, I think I'm sorry. I think because of all this sort of volatility, it's been, um, or I mean, this, I think I read in a Forbes article that it was at, uh, the number of days for Basel in 2018. It's gonna, the event is going to be three days shorter. Wow. Um, so I think it'll be five or five days instead of like eight ish days. Usually there's like, I think there's like a press day and then seven days of Basel or something like well, that. It, it, it's... But, but they're cutting the amount of time. It's like what Michael said, though. I mean, the thing is, they're kind of. I think they're excluding smaller brands and focusing more on larger brands because they're trying to account for the fact that you know sales and numbers are down. So they should probably focus on people 
who they can charge you know I don't, I don't know what is it like a million dollars usd for a booth space or something like that it was some <laughs> i think it's some ridiculous price oh, you know yes. so like a so a smaller brand wouldn't be able to do that but but you know tudor or or obviously omega or or you know uh, those kinds of larger brands can do it so i think it's i think it's indicative of a larger kind of paradigm shift that has to happen within a lot of these larger watches they have to get a bit more we talk about it on the show a lot, but a bit more savvy with how they're marketing themselves, doing these kinds of shows and kind of doing mm-hmm. these uh, exclusive events and doing these uh, types of things. There needs to be some changes. So, but I, I, it's interesting to hear your perspective on that, Michael, because you you have been going there the past five or six years, so you've yeah. seen you've seen the shift as it mm-hmm. happens. That's incredible. Of course, of course, and uh, I do see some of my uh, Asian. Uh, counterpart or not counterpart, also mm-hmm. producer, mm-hmm. and now they're going to hotels, and they don't have the visibility anymore yeah. from wow. people who doesn't know them, but they go and see their clients yeah. already. So they're getting close to the client. They take a part of the hotel, and we go there to meet them. And instead of us going to to Hong Kong, they come here, taking these spaces. But it's not for them. It, they are not getting new clients. Right. Yeah. Even even like some independents this year. Not not just uh, not just manufacturers or tool makers or hardware suppliers. But I know that some independents this year chose to just go to the hotels that were surrounding yes. surrounding the event. You know, and it's it's probably yeah, exactly. cheaper to to rent out a you know a big fancy room in the hotel for like a conference or something if you run like a like exactly. an independent brand um, or yeah. I can say, I can say, Hans was there indeed in the hotel. Oh, okay. Uh, so these brands, but uh, we still <clears throat> saw some companies I really adore, like Sin, of course, and uh, um, Nomos. Mm. They were there. So you know what? You know what we need to, to do them. for twenty for twenty eighteen, like Bremont, We need a, we need an exclusive <laughs> an exclusive Gavox only event in Brussels or or Antwerp. <laughs> somewhere i think i think I that think was incredible that Bramall basically just said we're not going anywhere we're making everyone come here so <laughs> but it, may, it was probably more economical <laughs> to do that so it's just I, I i think in the next few years it's going to get interesting the the the, the board's going to have to maybe face some 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 hard decisions and you know michael like you said it just made more sense for people to be in the circling hotels or in the hotel in a different space because that allows you to kind of just sidestep the middle mm-hmm. person and have to pay all that extra money so it's just it's it's i think it's going to be an interesting next few years not just for basel but just for how consumers interact with brands and how actual you know watch sales happen but i want to say you for instance are participating in uh, another way of doing it there's a shift you mm. are uh, going in detail about <clears throat> brand people are more aware of it internet is there with reviews with yeah. uh, and, and and this new way of doing it is what we do as well as micro brand we uh, get our brand known by you guys more than anything <laughs> and with word of mouth yeah and we don't go in marketing where putting 35,000 uh, 35,000 of our revenue into marketing to have billboards everywhere showing our brand. We are counting on people that are watch lovers. And this is exactly what we try to make watch for people who loves watches. Yeah, and that and it's the it's the educated consumer like we were mentioning, like the 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 attention to detail and the innovation you put in your watches. You don't want someone to just look at the watch and love it. You want to explain the watch to someone and have them really appreciate it and appreciate what they're wearing on the wrist. That's that was the biggest takeaway that I had in our conversation to wind up last year is that you're explaining the avid diver, you're explaining how the independent, uh, uh, the, the little the little orange triangle, the GMT function worked, how much you could do with that and everything else. So that was it's 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 starting small, but I, I'm hopeful in the next couple of years people will be a little bit more savvy, a little bit more methodical about how they grow their watch collections and how they interact with brands. So, so I mean, we should probably start wrapping it up because I think we're getting close to that time mark. Mike, does that sound right to you, man? Yeah, yeah, I'd, okay. say, I'd say it's a good it's a good time. Yeah. Sadly, sadly, <laughs> yeah, no, this has been incredible. I, 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 I it was. I'm sorry. It was great. It was, it was so great. much fun. So thank you so much, Michael, for, for coming on the show. I mean, we would love to have you on again. Love to stay in contact with you. Um, everyone, check out the Avid Diver review we have on the page. 
keep an eye out for just future updates just with Gavox in general. Um, definitely let us know your thoughts and impressions on uh, on this week's episode. Um, duh, duh, duh. Am I missing anything? No, uh, Michael, if you have any kind of closing uh, <clears throat> thoughts for the for the listeners, uh, now's the time. <laughs> Uh, I'll say something. Live your dreams, everybody. Live there your you dreams, go. and that's what I'm doing. Yeah, there you go. That's a that's a good thing to close out with. Perfect. <laughs> well, um, once again, Michael, thanks so much for for coming on. Uh, I would love to do this again as well. Um, so yeah, thank you, everyone. My name is Michael, and this is Kaz and uh, Mike from Gavox. You can you can say goodbye to everyone, and we'll 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 wrap it up. Bye <laughs> bye, bye bye everyone, and thank you so much, Michael and Kaz. Of course, anytime. Thank you. Take care, everyone.